Well, I was thinking about tonight and um, how parallel what we are doing tonight is with uh, the early church. Uh, the word of God is to be preached at church. We know that. But I think if you study the book of Acts, one of the things that you find accented all the way through the book is constant reports on the work of God. Peter comes back from uh, the, uh, the amazing experience with Cornelius in Acts chapter 11. And the, the Jerusalem church meets just to get that report. Paul comes back after being at Miletus and being in Ephesus in Acts chapter 21. And the Jerusalem church meets only to get a report about what God was doing in Asia Minor. And I think that's exactly what we're doing tonight. We want to hear a report about what God is doing in Italy. So this is very much in keeping and in tradition with what the early church did. And it's joy for me to, to share some of the things that I know about what God is doing in Italy with you through these men. This is a, a tremendous opportunity and uh, an unspeakable challenge. Um, as you know, uh, you met Johnny this morning. He is the director of the Italian Theological Academy, also um, pastoring a church in Messina. And uh, these other three guys, I want you to get to know, first of all, by their testimonies. Um, as you know, Italy is a dark and predominantly dominated Catholic context. And uh, these men all came upon the gospel in special and unique ways. We don't have these in Italy. <laughs> uh, my, name, my name is Salvatore, and uh, I come from uh, the city of Messina on the island of Sicily, Italy. Ho già parlato con alcuni di voi e quindi è vero quello che si dice perché si sperimenta che quando si è credenti, anche se si è di un paese diverso, c'è quella comunione spirituale ugualmente. I'm so thankful to be here and I've spoken and met with several of you and it's so true that the church is just a one body, a universal body, regardless of uh, different nationalities or ethnicities or whether we're from different countries. It's uh, one body in Christ. Non sono delle parole fatte, perché si potrebbe dire si dice così, ma è qualcosa che veramente si sente dentro del cuore e quindi questa è la realtà, la verità di chi veramente scopre di essere un credente. And so I'm uh, so thankful because I realize that these are not just some words um, expressed without a foundation, but they are true uh, as believers fellowship and meet one another. E da 40 anni che ho conosciuto il Signore. I'm a believer now for 40 years. E ho avuto l'occasione di convertirmi mentre lavoravo. Un mio collega che si chiama si chiamava Andrea perché ora è andato con il Signore. I was saved uh, uh, 40 years ago uh, through the testimony and witness of a colleague of mine who is now with the Lord. I obviously, as a good Italian, I, I, ref, I refused and uh, I refused repeatedly to listen to him and accept the truth he was sharing. Uh, but my uh, colleague uh, kept coming, kept coming and kept witnessing. 
And the more I pushed him back, the more he came. I was really frustrated with him. I thought he was, he had a, just a, he, he was uh, mentally ill. Uh, and so, uh, uh, just didn't know what to do with him. And he was, he continued and insisted on sharing the gospel regularly with me until finally I realized that uh, he was not the one that was ill, but I was ill. So one day I finally accepted an invitation uh, for uh, to a an evangelistic event, an outreach event that was taking place in my city, Messina in Sicily. And this was about uh, the early 70s. Campagna evangelistica organizzata da un messinese di origine trasferito qui in America molti, molti anni prima. E quindi ringrazio il Signore veramente per Antonio Dallomorossi che ha avuto l'iniziativa di poter scendere poi nel suo paese a Messina per cercare di evangelizzare e creare una comunità. I'm so thankful because this outreach, this uh, evangelistic uh, event or campaign was held and was organized by an Italian, Anthony Rossi, who uh, came to know the Lord. He was from my city in Messina, but uh, he moved to America and got saved in the States and the Lord eventually led him to uh, want to uh, bring the gospel to his countrymen in Sicily, particularly in the city of Messina. And so Anthony Rossi started coming regularly and uh, held outreach events to reach uh, his uh, fellow Sicilians. Lui evangelizzò, lui si convertì al Signore e cominciò a lavorare e aveva una sola bottega di cremute d'arancia. Ant- Anthony Rossi uh, was a simple man who came to America and was witnessed to and uh, he started out simply with an orange juice stand. Uh, took a, uh, oranges and had a small stand and began selling oranges. E quindi divenne un grande imprenditore e mandava i suoi prodotti in tutti gli Stati Uniti, in tutto il mondo, e il Signore lo aveva veramente benedetto grandemente. Over the years the Lord blessed that small orange juice stand and it became a major company uh, that allowed Anthony Rossi to then uh, use the funds and the money from uh, the company to invest in the gospel. Lui diceva dei soldi che aveva, io sono un amministratore di Dio. He would, he would always say that uh, no matter how wealthy he was, he was simply uh, God's steward. And uh, the money that God had given him was simply a stewardship that he had to give to others or use for others. 
e quindi distribuiva le sue ricchezze per dare gloria a Dio e lui in tanti anni eh, mandò missionari in tante parti del mondo, mandò dei medici in tante parti del mondo, quindi fu apprezzato veramente e per questo il Signore lo benedeva sempre più grandemente. Così quella sera io fui invitato a questa campagna di evangelizzazione come, da questo fratello Andrea ore con il Signore e quando il predicatore parlava quella sera io sentivo proprio come se parlasse direttamente a me, ma non lo sentivo perché erano soltanto le parole, ma era qualche cosa che la parola di Dio entrava dentro il mio cuore. When I went to the outreach event, uh, I felt as though the preacher was speaking directly to me, the word was convicting me. Uh, significantly, profoundly. E quindi in quei momenti eh, prima esitavo a farmi avanti mentre il predicatore invitava, in, mi invitava, poi non ho avuto più problemi e quindi andai direttamente glorificando il Signore avendo accettato Dio perché avevo capito che era l'amore di Dio che aveva toccato il mio cuore, non era qualche cosa normale di ordinaria amministrazione come molti oggi possono provare dei sentimenti come quando si convertono alla politica in qualsiasi altro sentimento ma si capiva che era qualche cosa che veniva dal cielo era qualche cosa di straordinariamente bello che spontaneamente mi veniva a dare Dio my conversion was just a complete and total radical transformation as I received the Lord I was crushed through the recognition of my sins and this was not an emotional experience nor was it something of convenience as perhaps we experience and we hear of today but I never looked back since then e così come Johnny parlava stamattina del testimone, io provavo lo stesso sentimento di un testimone che avevo provato personalmente la presenza di Cristo nel mio cuore e così volevo, avevo voglia in quei giorni di parlare se avessi potuto a tutto il mondo. I uh, just like uh, I heard this morning in the sermon about uh, being a witness, I was simply struck by the uh, glory of the Lord in the scriptures and I had a, a profound zeal uh, just was um, had the desire to speak to everyone in the world share the gospel uh, to everyone I knew la testimonianza era che lo spirito di Dio testimoniava con il mio spirito che ero diventato un figliolo di Dio e quindi cominciai a parlare ai miei genitori cominciai a parlare a mia moglie cominciai a parlare a tutti quelli che incontravo come amici sentivo veramente che questo messaggio non era individuale ma era qualche cosa da trasmettere e portare ad altri 
Uh, I began witnessing to my parents. I began witnessing to uh, my friends. I began witnessing to my wife. Uh, I simply burned inside, recognizing that this was uh, that I had personally experienced through the through the Word, the knowledge and uh, the recognition of who Jesus was and how He died for me, and uh, I had I needed to share this. Così ringraziavo Dio sì per la giustificazione, perché il Signore mi aveva prescelto e salvato, ma nello stesso tempo ringraziavo Dio perché attraverso il suo Spirito mi dava quella forza per santificarmi. Volevo parlare non solamente perché avevo accettato la grazia e tutto era finito là, ma era qualche cosa dentro per cui questo amore di Dio mi diceva di continuare a parlare per poter trasmettere questo, quindi non solo la giustificazione, ma insieme la santificazione che diventavano tutta una cosa. Okay. Um, and so I uh, simply uh, not only recognized that the Lord had justified me, but I also recognized that uh, uh, the Lord, uh, through His Spirit and the Word, was growing me, and I needed to change, and I needed to be uh, an instrument in influencing others to change. Um, posso solo condividere l'esempio del prete? Sì. I just want to share. Can I briefly share an anecdote that's really uh, just wonderful when he shares it? Uh, Salvatore met his wife, and initially uh, his conversion came about while he was uh, engaged to his wife. And, of course, his father-in-law, when he heard that Salvatore was an evangelical or was a believer, uh, uh, forbid his daughter from seeing Salvatore. Uh, and Salvatore was, at the time, uh, probably one of the only Christians in, in his community and was evangelizing uh, his, uh, his future fiancé. Um, but... At a certain point, uh, his father-in-law said, if you're going to marry my daughter, then um, what I want you to do is I want you to go to the local Catholic priest, our parish priest, and I want you to speak to the priest. And if he approves you, approves of you, then you can marry my daughter. But if he does not approve of you, then you can't marry my daughter and there will be no more relationship. And so Salvatore, of course, uh, listened and had a meeting with the local priest. And, uh, of course, this was the father-in-law's ploy uh, because he knew that the parish priest at the time, back in the 70s, um, it was uh, almost uh, anathema to be a believer. So he knew this would come to an end. And Salvatore started speaking with the priest. And uh, the priest was taken aback because... Uh, rather than the priest interview Salvatore, Salvatore started uh, uh, interviewing the priest and asking him all kinds of questions till at the end of the dialogue, um, the priest said, you are more than approved. And he said to Salvatore, uh, I'd rather have two evangelical believers than 20 Catholics. And uh, so uh, Salvatore went back to his father-in-law, and his father-in-law said, what did the priest tell you? And uh, the father-in-law had a high respect for the priest, and he, uh, Salvatore said, look, the priest said he'd rather have two of me than 20 of you. And, uh, and, uh, and, and the, and the father-in-law said, oh, well, he's a drunk, and we don't believe in him, and... He did end up marrying a girl, and uh, they are uh, just a wonderful couple that faithfully serve 
in our church and uh, are the first believers. They were the first marriage in our church uh, back in the mid-70s. And uh, they have two grown boys that are just examples of Christ that are married and serve the Lord faithfully in uh, their respective churches. Uh, Work-wise, they've moved away, but uh, uh, they've been an incredible blessing to me. He is uh, like a father figure to me. And uh, really, when I want to know something and when I need help and I need that experience, I look to Salvatore. Isn't it amazing hearing Sebastian and Salvatore, when you don't understand a word of what they're saying, but the joy of their love of the Lord just... Exudes. It's remarkable. Uh, by the way, that, that man who started that little uh, um, orange juice stand, it became Tropicana uh, orange juice. So, great Okay, Johnny. Austria, Europe, Italy, Canada, United States, Alexandria. Tell us. Um. The last one wasn't the place. Well, I I, uh, I was born in, in Germany to a, an Italian family that was living and working in Germany. And uh, after some time in Germany, my family moved back to Italy and eventually moved to Canada. So we immigrated to Canada in the late 70s or, uh, yes, the late 70s. And uh, I simply grew up uh, Italian. You know, my parents were first generation immigrants. So we spoke Italian at home until I went to school. Uh, whereby I learned English and French. Um, we were Catholics, uh, obviously cultural Catholics. Um, would uh, go to Mass twice a year, Christmas and Easter. Um, until one day um, in the late 80s, uh, my mother came home and uh, had what was for us a very bizarre experience. Um, her colleague at work witnessed to her and uh, she received the Lord by faith. And she came sharing that. And uh, uh, myself, I have an older sister, and my father simply thought she was uh, bizarre. Uh, but uh, she proceeded to live out her faith before us and uh, uh, look at the Bible in a different way, actually read the Bible. Uh, she started going to church. And uh, we uh, simply brushed her off. Uh, thinking that she had found a new hobby. Uh, and so um, we grew up uh, as Catholics. Uh, we um, uh, believed that the Bible was the word of God, but it was simply not a relevant word. Uh, and so uh, uh, God was a uh, wonderful grandfather in heaven who uh, simply smiled on everybody and accepted everybody. And there were some people that were closer to him or on the way, there were others that were further away, but that it would eventually uh, gravitate towards him. Um, and, and this took place in our family for several years. For 10 years, my mother continuously strived to uh, uh, witness and bring myself, my sister, to church, uh, my father as well. And, and we continuously refused uh, until uh, one day I was very close to my sister and uh, she was pregnant with her first child. And just the trials of the pregnancy uh, just uh, brought her on her knees before the Lord. And uh, through the help of my mother, she came to saving faith. And uh, my sister uh, was very close, like I said, uh, an older sister. And uh, when I saw her uh, live out her faith and believe in Christ, uh, that struck a note in me. Um, 
I was in college at the time and uh, just trying to find my way through life. Um, I was involved in uh, just uh, everything that, uh, uh, you know, a worldly uh, young man would be involved in. Um, I had a relationship. Uh, I was working in pretty much a, a independent uh, until um, my mother's experience, uh, my sister's experience began really uh, speaking to me um, in so many ways. And uh, the Lord brought me uh, before uh, sort of a crossroads myself. Um, I was uh, looking uh, for opportunities to work or to study. I was trying to figure my way uh, through life and understand there were uh, decisions before me. I was 25 and... Um, uh, I was uh, involved, like I said, in, a, in I had a girlfriend, and uh, it was just uh, at a certain point I started be, uh, uh, becoming convicted of sin uh, uh, and, and of just my life. And um, I tried to remedy this by seeking the help of uh, friends and, and even professors. I was... Uh, uh, in college at the time, and uh, I had uh, well-respected professors that were uh, in my life. Uh, uh, professors, I was studying political science, and uh, they were publishing in their fields. And so I began uh, seeking them out uh, just in terms of uh, existential issues, uh, things that I was facing as well, and, and convictions that I was getting. And uh, I was surprised simply to find that uh, their responses, their 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 advice to me was darker than my own heart. Uh, and so at that point, I turned to my mother's Christian friends. Uh, and I figured, uh, as a good Catholic at the time, uh, believing in God, and if anybody has answers for me, it'll be God. And I just thought I needed a sort of a patch-up job to figure out, uh, Johnny, uh, you know, you have to leave this and do this and be better at this. Uh, but over lunch one day with... Uh, uh, some of my mother's Christian friends, a couple, um, just a simple lunch, and I found myself um, uh, confessing my sins to them. And uh, uh, I realized at the time, as they shared, that uh, my problem was not uh, what direction of life, uh, what direction I should take, but uh, my problem was really that uh, my whole life was an offense to God, and I had sinned against Him. And I just felt for the first time, uh, as they shared the gospel, that in some respects I had heard over the years as my mother witnessed, but that moment uh, the Lord sovereignly had my uh, back against the wall, and I realized that I had no more excuses, I had sinned, uh, I could not flee, and uh, I just uh, uh, surrendered to the Lord. Uh, that was uh, in 1999, um, I had a 14-year-old cousin from Rome who was visiting us, and he's witnessing all of this. And uh, he was on his way back, and I thought, um, I suddenly decided to go back with him. Um, I, had I had not been back to Italy for about five years. Now, of course, growing up, Italy was sort of a second home for us. We would go regularly on vacation. Uh, but when we would come to Italy to visit relatives, we would spend summer vacation on the beach. And Italy was a vacation spot. I would get on a plane and then go back to Canada to my life. Um, and uh, when uh, I came to the Lord, those, that, those first few moments, that, that initial period, um, I knew one thing. I didn't know much, but I knew I had to get away from my worldly relationships and, 
just friends and issues that I was facing back in Montreal and Canada. And I thought this would be a good opportunity to just take off with my cousin and enjoy Italy for a little bit and come back. And so I had a 21-day ticket. I went over to Rome. I remember it was August 1999. Rome was an inferno. Uh, I got off the plane, and it was just uh, just a, a really uh, cathartic experience. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I was in a, in a, a city uh, that had just Catholic churches. And uh, the only thing I did know was I, I knew I believed in the Lord and I needed to find a church that was not Roman Catholic. And uh, that's like finding a needle in a haystack. Um, but what I did was I ended up going to down, downtown Rome and I found an Anglican church. The service was in English. And so I started attending and um, just for a while, um, hoping to get back to Montreal and to, to my life. And in the meantime, the first Sunday, they had biscuits and tea and uh, Anglican service. It was high Anglicanism, very close to Catholicism. Um, but I went to the biscuits and tea. I was 25. I had nothing to do. Um, and there I met a Canadian couple who had just moved uh, to Rome. Uh, to work at the Canadian Embassy in Rome. And so we got to know one another, and uh, for throughout the course of several Sundays, I kept going to the church, kept going to the biscuits and tea, and kept talking with this Canadian couple. Until one Sunday, uh, I was sitting in the church, and I was beginning to realize that this church was not for me. And I began to cry out to the Lord. I remember sitting in the pew and just praying, um, just wanting to get out, out of the church, out of Rome, back to my home, And uh, I went to the biscuits and tea again, uh, and at this point, uh, this Canadian couple, the husband came over to to me and said, "Uh, so uh, why are you still here? And I said, you know, I don't know. And he said, uh, you know, the Canadian embassy, the Canadian embassy is hiring, and we could use an individual like you, Italian, Canadian, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, at that point, uh, there was the uh, war in Yugoslavia, and a lot of the uh, Bosnian and ex-Yugoslav refugees were being processed through Rome to go to Canada. And so they had a lot of work, and I, uh, so I applied. I sent my resume, uh, just a long shot. I had studied political science. I thought, this would be good for my resume. I, I'd do this and uh, go back to Canada, of course, uh, not expecting to be hired. Uh, But I got an interview, and uh, very interestingly enough, the Lord's providence, I I share this story very fondly, because um, the day before my interview, uh, I called my friend, his name is Dennis, and I said, uh, I got his voicemail, and I said, hi Dennis, uh, this is Johnny, listen, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity, Uh, I got called by the embassy, and tomorrow morning I have an interview, and uh, I'll let you know how it goes. Well, at 8 o'clock in the morning, I show up in the office to be interviewed, and he's the guy that's interviewing me. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, it was a shoe, and we just kind of conversed, and he was already convinced. So the next thing you know, I had a year-and-a-half contract uh, in Rome, and so in, a span, in the span of a couple of months, I had uh, changed life, so to speak. I had two uh, suitcases. My aunt and uncle allowed me to stay there, and my aunt and uncle were, uh, my aunt is Catholic, my uncle is an, uh, an atheist, unbeliever, and they were simply shocked. With a high unemployment rate in Italy, uh, they were simply uh, surprised. How do you get work? I mean, you're here for just a couple of months, and you get a job at the Canadian Embassy, which was a really good job. It was a nine-to-five And at that moment, in 1999, uh, I got a call from my mother's Christian friends 
telling me that there was a very faithful church planted by an American missionary in Rome. Go to it. And uh, so I went to that church, and that was the church where Caesar was in, uh, and the church where many brothers that Rick knows uh, are involved in. And so uh, I began serving in the church, um, and I started growing. Uh, I had my job, so I was living in Rome. And uh, really not wanting to go back to Canada anymore because at a certain point, uh, the vacation spot that Italy always was for me uh, suddenly became a mission field. And I started realizing how the Lord could use me. Uh, You know, just uh, providentially how the Lord had brought my family from Italy to Canada and had allowed me to get an education and know English. And then me of all people to reach Italians. Uh, And so uh, I was in the right place. Uh, At the same time, I met my wife in the church uh, eventually. Uh, uh, Alexandra is Austrian. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, she was... uh, she was hired by the Foreign Service in Austria as a diplomatic secretary, and she was sent as her first posting to the uh, Austrian embassy in Rome. And uh, she was a Christian, and through her church in Austria, they directed her to, her, uh, to our church in Rome. And so we met. Uh, our embassies were not very far from one another. And so uh, she started giving me rides. We were going to church together. And, uh, you know, when you have rides and you talk... And uh, I didn't have a car, and you get and, married. And you get married yeah. When we uh, when we got engaged, our pastor said, or or one of the leaders of our church said, um, uh, John, this is a diplomatic encounter. And so, uh, and uh, eventually, as we served, our hearts just grew for the Lord, and uh, I had a desire to serve in full time ministry. And at that time, Aurora Mission, which was. Uh, Anthony Rossi's mission and the Tropicana mission had started uh, an academy in uh, Sicily and uh, had started that's doing... That's where my connection was, and I didn't even know you at the time. That's right, that's right. Coming over with that That's mission. right. And I heard about you, this Canadian-American, European guy. Yes. And then I found you at Master Senior. That's right. Well, I had about ten questions I was going to ask, and the one was good enough. Uh, what... We don't want to stay, uh, keep you all uh, very much longer, except to say, Johnny, um, uh, the Italian Theological Academy is something I'm involved in. You graciously asked me to be a board member. I love serving on that board. was able to meet with the men last Tuesday uh, out of California. Um, brief overview. What is the ITA, uh, and what is its accent and emphasis? Uh, the, the Academy, the Italian Theological Academy, is about... Uh, training local church leaders, Italian church leaders, how to preach the word and shepherd the flock faithfully to Christ's glory in the church and beyond. And what makes that unique is that they're all bivocational. That's right. We have a very unique ministry because most of the men are bivocational, and so they have never had a formal uh, education, a theological education or systematic training. And so uh, we have a lot of godly men, but that don't know how to use the scriptures well and uh, don't have the right emphasis uh, in terms of uh, the church itself. And so what we do is we desire to come alongside them and provide a part-time program that can uh, have them train with us several weeks throughout the year uh, and then allow them to come back to their jobs and come back to their churches. The reason we believe this is unique is because uh, for decades, 
the Italian church uh, has been more evangelistically and event-driven and has been very weak doctrinally. And so you have a very shallow church uh, and uh, Christians that are not necessarily uh, growing in Christ-likeness and models uh, to uh, witness to Catholics. Uh, and hence, we desire to strengthen the church through um, pretty much a ministry that you know very well. Uh, it's the ministry that your pastors, your pastor does here every Sunday and every week, midweek, in and out. Uh, that is the preaching of the word, Bible exposition, whether it be teaching or preaching. And so, in other words, when I share our mission's focus, I simply say, uh, what you are about here and what you do here, we wish to replicate in Italy. Uh, very simple and straightforward, but profound, because the focus is the local church and strengthening faithful men that can then impact their communities and be a salt and light and a solid testimony uh, that can then confront Roman Catholicism much better than we can do uh, from the outside. Yeah, Carrie Hardy is, uh, serves on the board. And what, what makes this special for us as pastors here is we can go over and the, the, the seminary training, well, the, the Bible education training, is entirely modular. It's a week at a time because the guys, they work full-time jobs. They can only get off of They take their vacation time to come to these institute sessions. And so when, uh, when Carrie or I will go over for a week at a time, uh, it's, um, it's intense. It's um, I remember Kim went the first year I went, and you start about 8 in the morning and you finish about 11 at night, and they are, they are just starved and hungry and just want to maximize that time. So I'm grateful to sit with you and, and them to say, when, you're, when, when you have graciously let me go over, it's, a, it's, it's more of a blessing to me than I'm sure I leave with, with these guys because they, uh, they're working full-time jobs outside of the ministry. And adding full-time ministry on top of what they're doing. And they are have a very sneaky suspicion that when we get to heaven, they'll be on the front row. These men are burning out for Christ. And uh, Johnny, you are tireless in, in doing it. Because Johnny has a unique emphasis in that he's pastoring a church as a missionary there in Messina. And also working to organize all these modular training and to network the evangelicals in, uh, in Italy. So, um, uh, Johnny and I talk by Skype regularly, and you look gloriously tired, if I can tell you that, for Christ. So. Uh, thank you all for coming. Thank you for uh, um, uh, getting engaged. Are you, are you getting married in 2016? Sebastian, what's the deal? He's single. I, I said that on purpose. <laughs> Professional soccer player <laughs> needs to be tutored in English. Thank you, He's already married, <laughs> <laughs> and you look happily so. so that's good. Thank you guys for coming. They were Shepherd's Council, and this is we just. Bob and I, when we were in Italy last year, just said, if you're coming, you're going to fly over us anyway. Kansas is not going to be the flyover state for you guys. So, uh, and uh, uh, the bosses were over in, um, uh, right after you stayed a week and went down to the Messina area and into Sicily. 
If you want to know who Cicely is, Cicely is the rock that the boot kicks. That's the way I learned in high school. Remember the, 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 the boot, and it's the island just off the toe. Um, and then straight across, uh, kind of off the knee, is Sardinia, where, which is where Sebastian uh, is. Can I just say something briefly? What am I going to say? No. I I, um, I just want to really thank you, and uh, obviously this weekend has been an incredible blessing for us, uh, and you've been so gracious in hosting us, um, Kim and Rick at uh, their home, and of course Bob and Kathy, but all of you, uh, from um, we are simply impressed, and uh, I was telling Rick this morning, it, it, um, the way you have been involved, sacrificially sending a group uh, over to our conference to simply uh, see the ministry and uh, uh, to really know uh, what is involved and uh, what um, who we are and uh, and 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 the way you've proactively just uh, counseled, uh, shepherded, sent uh, through Rick, Bob, and the other men has uh, um, just been a. Uh, a model for us as to what a church uh, does in in the mission or what a church should do in the missionary endeavor. And I'm, I'm really so thankful because uh, your pastor is also very tired uh, because uh, he not only, uh, and I say this uh, with utmost respect and sincerity, but I realize the great effort he's doing here and, and the privilege uh, uh, the church has to uh, have uh, Rick uh, uh, whom, like I said this morning, uh, I saw at Grace and, uh, uh, in fact, uh, homiletics, preaching. Uh, Rick was my professor, so um, whatever was bad this morning is my fault. Whatever is good, that's Rick. Uh, but, I mean, sincerely, he has been a shepherd to me. And one of the goals for us, uh, also as a young man, as a young man and my colleagues, uh, my two other missionary colleagues, young men on the field, uh, overwhelmed with the ministry is our prayer, our, our cry to the Lord has always been to have seasoned pastors come alongside us and sort of shepherd us through, uh, counsel us, encourage us, help us uh, watch the pitfalls. And Rick has been that. Uh, um, we have had a conference, and not only have we talked about the organization of the conference, but uh, on several occasions he's just stopped and put the administrative stuff aside and really spoken to my heart and uh, has just uh, helped me in terms of uh, dealing with my own church and uh, just trials, discouragements, encouragements. So, I'm, I, I mean, this is for me an incredible blessing, and so I want to thank you for your sacrifice. We pray, and uh, then we'll get you on. Thanks for coming back tonight. Uh, like I said, Acts 11, Acts 21, this is what the early church did. They got together and heard reports of what the gospel is doing around the world. So it's a blessing. Father, I'm, I'm humbled to see uh, what you've done in Johnny's life and the ministry you have, how, how the extension of his heart and ministry reaches not only the island of Sicily, but all the way up through Italy, even into Europe. I pray that he is faithful and fruitful, that you keep him godly and above reproach, that his family is nurtured as his first and foremost care and concern. Give him a sweet reunion in a couple of days back with his wife and kids. I'm thankful for these three other men and their, their testimony. Father, what a beautiful thing. What a wonderful thing to hear what you've done in the lives of believers 
on the other side of the world who've heard the same gospel as you've given to us. What a glorious day it will be in heaven when we all stand around your throne in one language, in one accord, singing your praises side by side. Thank you that the gospel unifies us, Lord. Give these men a restful day tomorrow as they prepare to go back on Tuesday to Italy. And uh, I pray that they are um, not only kept safe, but uh, encouraged and refreshed so that when they land, they have uh, tales of what you've done in their lives, enriching their hearts so they can share the gospel ministry with those close and those who need to hear it. Lord, I'm thankful for Mission Road Bible Church that has a heart for the world. Show us how to invest time, money, prayer, attention, focus, human resources, missions trips in places that will not only extend your kingdom, but will break our hearts for the lost around the world and see you as a truly global God who loves the nations. Bless our time of fellowship even before we leave tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.